Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. The pandemic really obviously changed everything and um, it changed things in a beautiful way. And then now there's that adjustment back to, oh yeah, wait a minute. I go on tour and I sing for people. And so we're having a great time though on this Christmas tour. And you know, these are some really hard times in our world. And I think now more than ever, you know, the chance to come together and have a, a worship experience and singing Christmas songs and just being reminded that there's still hope to be found this Christmas. Definitely something that could be hard to find these days, but there is hope. We're joined today by multi-Grammy-nominated artist Matthew West. He's bringing in the holidays with his new full-length album, We Need Christmas. Today on Connections, he's going to share the inspiration behind this album. He's going to talk about the importance of Christmas and why we need to find the hope in these hard times. He's also going to share what it's been like to be back out on the road and touring. We'll hear that and so much more today on Connections. Matthew West joins us today. He is a multi-Grammy-nominated artist. He recently released a new full-length Christmas album titled We Need Christmas. In addition to his new album, he's back out on the road and on tour. First of all, yeah, Matthew West, you mentioned to us off the air, you're on a bus right now. You've been pretty busy with Christmas touring. I know... I used to be a pastor for me in ministry, and I know for musicians, Christmas gets pretty busy and, and stressful. Do you enjoy it? And how do you handle all of that busyness surrounding such a big holiday? Well, I would say that um, after the last couple of years we've been through, and uh, by me, I, by we, I mean all of us, but specifically musicians, you know, being unable to to tour and play concerts as much as we love to. I would say that normally a Christmas tour is a challenging or difficult time to be on the road. But to be honest, we're all so excited to be able to make music again in front of a live audience that it's it's felt more, um, there's more excitement and energy than there is trepidation about having to um, be away from from our family. Uh, so we're, we're loving being home with our family once the tour is over. But I think our families are kind of saying, hey, we're ready for you. We were ready for you to hit the road, you know, because most musicians, uh, families aren't used to having us home as often as we've been home these last two years. So I think my wife was like, hey, go get on a tour bus for a couple of days, would you? We've had a few musicians tell us that uh, lately. (laughs) Their families are like, who are you? Go away. (laughs) Well, it's funny because we have like, you know, everybody kind of has their own version of normal, you know, somebody has a nine to five job, works at an office and comes home for dinner. And, you know, the musicians normal is, you know, I'm home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'm gone out of the road on the weekends. And so our weekends sometimes are on a Monday and, you know, you just kind of get into that routine. So the, the pandemic really obviously changed everything and um, it changed things in a beautiful way. And then now there's that adjustment back to, oh, yeah, wait a minute. I go on tour and I sing for people. And so we're having a great time, though, on this Christmas tour. And, you know, these are some really hard times in our world. And I think now more than ever, you know, the chance to come together and have a a worship experience and singing Christmas songs and just being reminded that there's still hope to be found this Christmas. And you titled your album that We Need Christmas. Did you do that on purpose? (laughs) No, I did. I mean, that's exactly how the West families felt. That song came out of these last two years, just going, you know, my goodness, man, like, it feels like we're sort of crawling our way towards December each year. 
I found myself kind of being guilty of saying, thank God it's over instead of, you know, thank God it happened. And, you know, I think um, it's just felt like once we turn the corner towards December, I know myself, I feel like exhausted and, you know, uh, stressed and just all the things that we've all had to deal with. But but the amazing thing that happens when you turn that corner towards December and you start singing joy to the world, the Lord has come. You start singing, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, holy night, a, a weary world rejoices. And you start to realize that this world's always been weary. It's always been troubled. It's always been stressed. There's always been darkness. And uh, December is just that beautiful reminder that uh, the light of the world came to deliver us from all that. It's a, a great message in your single, We Need Christmas. Like a great message in the song. The whole album is great, though. One thing I really love, though, is uh, the album artwork in the video. You're wearing the tuxedo, the band's all dressed up. <laughs> Just something about that makes it feel like Christmas to me, right? I think it's like that old school Christmas feel of our grandparents' day or something. Yeah, that's right, Mike. I wanted it to be, um, you know, I like to keep the classics classic. And at Christmas time, it gives you a chance to be more eclectic stylistically even. And so, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I reach for when I'm listening to Christmas music, other than my own record, I reach to, uh, you know, Bing Crosby and Nat King Cole and, you know, Sinatra and some of those classics that, you know, um, Johnny Mathis, like we, we love those classic versions of the classic songs. And so at Christmas time, I thought, okay, well, people have heard of Michael Buble, but have they heard of Matthew Buble? So that's uh, <laughs> that's what I decided to go with. What was your favorite part about recording this album? Because Christmas, it's fun. And quite often, these Christmas albums are not recorded in Christmas. They're recorded in the middle of summer and when it's not really Christmas. So what was it like for yeah. this album? <laughs> yeah, it is a bit strange that way that we we make these Christmas albums in the middle of a heat wave. You know, I once heard that uh, the composer of uh, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire was uh, writing those things to try to think cool thoughts during a blazing hot day uh, during a heat wave. And <laughs> so inspiration can come from uh, strange sources. So, you know, I love I, I love the chance to write new songs. But and, and, you know, you hope that there'll be classics for years to come. Yeah. But I love combining those new songs with some of our favorite classics. So recording versions of uh, Oh, Holy Night and I'll Be Home for Christmas and just really kind of putting my take on that. And people are surprised when they hear me sing, whether it's on the record or at a live show, because I don't think they expect me to sound like I do on the record, like, because I kind of go, like I said, more to that classic place. They're used to yeah. me singing my pop songs. So I get a kick out of people going, Oh, I didn't know he could do that. You know, it's a lot of fun. Um, let me ask you this, like, you know, we talked about needing Christmas and the message of Jesus and Emmanuel God with us. Right. But also the classics and every year I get a couple emails to the radio station. Why are you playing jingle bells or why are you playing walk? in a winter wonderland those aren't christian songs what's oh. your take on that why can we sing those as uh, christians at christmas well or am i, I think, gonna get you in trouble <laughs> no i you know i i think you know i grew up a, a the son of a pastor and uh you know so being a preacher's kid i learned early on that 
that some some Christians need to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, hopefully people don't get mad at me when I say that. But what I mean by that is, look, if, if, if you know in your heart that uh, what the true meaning and significance of Christmas is, and if you're flooding your heart and your mind throughout the Christmas season with uh, reading Luke chapter two and, and listening to the sacred Christmas hymns. I love those songs. I love singing silent night. I love singing away in a manger. I love all these songs that point us to Jesus, but um, you know, singing jingle bells uh, and, and seeing children with smiles on their faces and singing about Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. Guess what? That's a blast. You know what I mean? And there's, there's so much fun in that. And, and here's what I believe, you know, the, the Bible talks about it in Luke chapter two. The angel said that he had good news of great joy. And and if you read yeah. your Bible, you start to realize that joy is something that God cares a lot about. And we've had this Christmas and these last couple of years, we've had a lot more reasons for sadness than joy. And and so the thought to get together with people and or hear a fun Christmas song on the radio, Winter Wonderland and you're, you're, you know, walking in a winter, like, that's just fun nostalgia that I believe can still be God honoring because there's joy in your heart. And God promises us that we can have joy unspeakable, promises us that weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And so um, I love it. I love, I'm all in on all the Christmas songs. And, uh, but I do think that people are, People are well-intended when they say, hey, let's keep the point on Christ at Christmas. And to that, I say a a hearty amen, no doubt. With this tour, you mentioned a little bit earlier about how awesome it is to be back out on the road, to have that live audience. How great is it to combine all of that and then add on that Christmas music? Oh, it's it's awesome. (laughs) You know, the whole band is wearing suits. And so we, I think the crowd is surprised you know, and, and maybe going, oh, we, we didn't know we were supposed to dress up. And it's like, no, we're the, we're on stage and we dressed up. We're bringing our A game for you guys. And we're ringing in the Christmas season every night at every concert. Kind of to your point of that previous question, too. You know, we do all these different kinds of Christmas songs. But then at the very end, I open my Bible and I carry on what I call a West family tradition. And it's our Christmas morning tradition before we start tearing through the gifts. We open the Bible and we read Luke Luke chapter two and we remind our hearts about the greatest story ever told of the greatest gift ever ever given. And and during our concerts, I do the same thing. And then I give people an opportunity and I share the gospel message and give people a chance Mm to kind of take some inventory of their of their lives and. Maybe, just maybe, somebody in that crowd is deciding for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, to prepare room for God and to make room for Him in their lives. And that's the most exciting thing. We've seen so many people raise their hands and say, um, thank you, Lord, I'm, I'm giving my life to you. That's pretty cool. Makes me think, in uh, first or second Corinthians, Paul says, everywhere I go, I find common ground so I can share the gospel. And hey, that's what these Christmas songs do. Uh, you're not just sharing the gospel too. You're also giving back through your nonprofit on this tour too. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my, um, so my dad and I actually have a ministry together and it's a ministry of storytelling. And what I mean by that is we come in contact with so many people as I travel around the country. You know what, as I'm talking to you, I feel like my voice is sounding more Canadian. 
Is it get- <laughs> I love it. Do you hear that? Just throw an A in there and you're good. <laughs> I like it. This feels nuts. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, um, I moved to Nashville from Chicago, Illinois, and I started to sound more Southern. So maybe I just have the kind of voice that picks up, you know, um, anyways. Um, but my dad and I had this ministry together and we come in contact with so many people who really feel like their stories are worthless or their stories have lost their value, or maybe they've got too many messed up chapters of their story where, you know, they've made too many mistakes. How could God possibly use my story? And, and a lot of my songwriting is, is steeped in story. And, and I write these songs inspired by people's testimonies. And I do that in the hopes that everybody will realize that, Hey, your life is a story, but guess what? You start to feel like your story lacks value when you forget who the real author of your story is. And so our ministry is really in place to help people feel empowered and to, to realize that the pen is in God's hands and he's got a great plan for your story. So we've been finding some people um, over the holidays who've, you know, really hit a rough patch in their stories and people who need some encouragement, specifically some people who need a financial blessing. They've maybe had a, an illness or a, a job situation or a tragedy in their lives. And our ministry is just trying to give back and kind of step into people's stories and give them a financial blessing to help them get through the holidays a a little easier this year. Uh, Right before we made the full switch to Christmas music on our radio stations here, uh, your song, what if hit number one on the radio charts, that's the third single from your album, brand new to hit number one. What does that mean to you? It's uh, man. I'm blown away. And I got to, can I tell you guys a secret? I, I, um, my record label called me and they were like, Hey, we think the song that should go to the radio next is a song called what if, and you know, I wrote that song, but I told them, I was like, guys, I, I just don't think that's the one, you know, I just don't think, I don't know. I don't know if people are going to like that song. It felt too quirky. And so I was against it. And they had to work on me for like three weeks. And finally I was like, okay, I, you say so. <laughs> Whatever then, you say. <laughs> yeah. And then sure enough, they call me in it and they're like, it's number one. We were right. Wow. <laughs> but you know, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's more about that realization that if a song hits number one, it's a greater indicator maybe that it, um, that it reached into somebody's life and hit them in a moment where they needed that message. And, you know, I'm so thankful, man. It's like, I feel like I'm a brand new artist. Like I'm not, but I feel like I am. And it's crazy that I could still be making music and um, that people seem to enjoy listening to it. And most importantly, that it points them closer to Jesus. And I think as long as that's my aim, you know, hopefully the Lord will just continue to use me to, to write songs that point people to him. That's, that's what I'm here for. It's ironic. There's a song that's really feels like my mission statement. It's a song I wrote, but I didn't record. And it's a song called uh, only Jesus that I wrote with uh, casting crowns. And Mm. the whole, the whole message of that song is like, I don't care if they remember me as long as they remember Jesus. And, you know, early in my career, I had a lady come up to me, and she was telling me she started crying and she started she was just honored to meet me and my music had really impacted her life and I was like wow this is amazing and she went on and on and I said thank you and then at the very end she said Chris Tomlin it would be an honor if we could take a picture together <laughs> it's 
<laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget that moment of like humility. Like it humbled right? me. But I, but in all honesty, I will I never forget that moment because I do feel like the Lord showed me in that day, in that moment, like, hey, Matthew, what's more important to you? Do you is it more important for you to reach like some sort of fame or acclaim where they remember your name? Or would you rather them remember the words to a song about, you know, God's love? And would, yeah. would you rather point people to Jesus? And I thought, you know what, I'm. I'm just fine if my name gets forgotten in the mix. Um, I'd much rather have people uh, remember the name of Jesus because that's the only name that by which we are all going to be saved. You know? Yeah. And then she probably went home and was like, I can't believe I called Matthew S. Chris Tomlin. So. <laughs> <laughs> I never even corrected her. I just took credit for Chris Tomlin's music. Now you've been doing this for a long time, like you said, and obviously you had an impact on on people across the world, obviously. Um, but what kind of impact has your music had on you and on your faith? Wow. Um, yeah, that's a good question, Colleen. I think um, I feel like my songs serve as my conscience. And what I mean by that is it's one thing to write a song that is lining up with what your heart beat is saying in your life like whatever struggle you're going through whatever you're facing in your life whatever you're witnessing around you um but then over time you wind up singing that song night after night on stage and you start to have to ask yourself did I live by this truth that I just sang and and so I feel like when I'm singing songs like truth be told or you know, I get up on stage and I'm like, okay, I realized the Lord had me write that song, not just for the audience in front of me, but for the person with the microphone in his hands, because it points me every single day to just kind of take inventory. Even when I'm doing this interview, like even right now, as I'm talking about a song called Truth Be Told, it's a check in my heart and in my mind to make sure that even as I'm talking to you two and whoever's listening to this, that I'm striving to be the most honest and authentic version of me, which is hard to do in this life, you know? So I don't know if that gives you a little bit of an example, but songs like do something, or I want to know, I got no what ifs. It's like, okay, did I live that way today? Or am I just the singer of that message? You know, I want to be yeah. the doer of that message and not just the singer of it. Uh, one of our radio stations just wrapped up a, a radiothon for a local adult and teen challenge. And, Every year, I don't know if we're allowed to do this because of copyright laws, but every year we take Hello, My Name Is and we put audio from the interviews over top of it as well. And I mean, that just speaks to people so powerfully, right, about who they thought they were, but who they now know they are in God. And yeah, that song just really speaks to people I know. Man, I have such a heart for people um, going through recovery. And you mentioned Teen Challenge. We actually, our ministry provides tickets to my concerts and other Christian concerts in Teen Challenge cities whenever we go. And the goal is to get them out of the house and to get them worshiping Jesus. And, you know, they're fighting the fight of their lives. And you talk about a song like Truth Be Told, too. It's like, man, there's yeah. so many people that, you know, even someone listening to this might right now, like if they're being honest, they know that maybe they got a hurt, a habit, a hang up in their life, that they need some help, whether it's a counselor or, you know, a recovery center. But when I think about the men and women who go to the Teen Challenge Center, they're the ones who are on the path to true freedom. 
because they finally just stopped and said, you know what? I've got some parts of my life that I can't fix on my own. And it's taken over. It's taken control of my life. But I want to give control to to Jesus. And I want to dare to believe that my future can be better than my past. And that stuff fires me up. So when I hear that one of my songs gets to tie in with a ministry like that, that's what it's all about. It definitely impacted plenty. Uh, Going back to your tour and going back to Christmas, as Christmas gets closer and closer day by day, what would you say is your absolute favorite thing about Christmas? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I think normally after a long year of touring, I kind of go into hibernation. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I can actually get a, a, a good night's sleep. And uh, But the, the first things first and hands down, my favorite part of Christmas is being a dad to uh, Lulu and Delaney, my two daughters, and just the time spent with them and seeing Christmas through their eyes is is the most beautiful thing and it it i love it i love it i love it and specifically i take my daughters on a special christmas date every year they don't know what we're doing but i go pick out i get i get a fancy outfit for each of them and uh well i have my wife help me with that because i don't know (laughs) that i would pick out something they like and then uh and then we go see some sort of a show or dinner and obviously in recent years that's that plans had to be tweaked a little bit but just the time with them and they're, and they're, they're on their best behavior. Kids are always on their best behavior right before they're about to open a bunch of presents, (laughs) (laughs) but I love the family time. That's it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I want to soak every second up when I get off this tour. Uh, What's the best place for our listeners to go and check out your music and also see what's going on in your life. Yeah. MatthewWest.com. And um, at MatthewWest.com, actually we're doing a special, for those who weren't able to attend our Christmas tour, we're bringing the show into people's homes this Christmas by way of a special virtual concert. It's called the We Need Christmas Live from Nashville, and it's taking place the week of Christmas, December 21st through the 25th. There's a bunch of different show times, so people can, you know, gather with their friends or family or watch it by themselves from the comfort of their own home. And uh, we wanted to make the ticket super affordable too. So that kind of stuff and following me on social media, all that stuff you can find at MatthewWest.com. I've also got a podcast called the Matthew West podcast. Very clever name. I know. And um, (laughs) so those are the best ways for people to stay in touch with me. And how about the nonprofit? How can we find out more about that? Oh man, um, the the nonprofit is called Pop We. It's a super weird name, but Pop We Ministry. And people can visit popwe.org. That's P O P W E. And uh, when they go to popwe.org, there's some really cool things that they can do to plug into our ministry. First of all, if you have a prayer request, we have a prayer network of thousands of people that would love to be lifting you up and praying for you and your needs. Um, you can also share your story about what God's doing in your life. If you want to, you can submit a video or you can write it down and send it our way. And then uh, we get to share it and encourage other people. And last but not least, I write a weekly devotional that we send out to subscribers every week, just as a reminder, again, just to, to focus and spend time on Jesus with Jesus every single day. So um, th- those are the those are the neat things that our ministry is doing at popwe.org. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Man, I'm so glad to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. 
And thank you so much for listening and for joining us today. Remember, if you want to hear this full conversation again or any of the conversations that we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that podcast at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.